Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back. This is Consider This Northumberland and I'm your host Robert Washburn and you're listening to Northumberland 89.7 FM. A new year is about to begin. It can be a useful exercise to reflect on the past 12 months. In this interview from a year ago, you will hear from former warden Mandy Martin. County Council had just passed the 2023 budget. This is a great chance to compare what was promised with what actually happened. You will hear about affordable housing, homelessness, financial pressures, and so on. Having listened to the new warden earlier, you will notice the contrast between the two budgets and the approach of politicians this year compared to last. See if you can find the differences and decide what they mean. I'm so pleased to have with me today Mandy Martin, the warden for Northumberland County. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you, Robert. I'm delighted to be here. When you look back over 2022, what do you see as some of the highlights for County Council? There were there were many. I think that we made great strides. One of the things that I was so pleased with was the fact that all seven mayors really were working in conjunction with one another for the greater good. In other words, the mayor hats we're left at the table and we were acting for Northumberland County for the greater good. Um, and I think over and over again in some of the project, the, the broadband uh, project coming in, the Ontario Health Team, Northumberland, cooperation and, and uh, outreach, the paramedic, the expansion of the, of the service in the community, housing initiatives, it goes on and on. Um, pretty impressive. And you can't do that stuff alone. You know, when you get to the county level, you, you bring that level of need and experience to the provincial and federal levels. And I think that's where democracy kicks in. Now, what were some of the challenges that you faced in 2022? What were some of the more memorable moments where you felt you were going uphill a bit? I think the COVID aftermath it really was a challenge because there were so many delays in this in the supply chain, be it for trucks and equipment to construction to just staffing. We've had such a challenge. The world has changed when it comes to hiring, finding qualified workers, retaining staff. Those that was a factor that we hadn't figured. I don't think anybody had in terms of what is what COVID has done to our society. Uh, that's an out. out an aftermath, uh, but I think we've adjusted well. I mean, we're trying to address these situations and uh, that's the challenge of the past year was how quickly things can change. If it's provincial legislation, for example, that comes down and you're given 30 days or two weeks or whatever to respond, I mean, that changed the dynamic, you know? No longer can you just say, well, let's defer that or let's go out and get a consultant have a royal inquiry or whatever. No, no, you've got to act now. You got to do it now. You got to think about it. 
So you have to be able to think on your feet. One of the biggest challenges facing the county and local municipalities are the budgets for 2023. This year, more so due to the provincially mandated changes that will impact development fees. There's a huge loss of revenue. What is your reaction to this additional financial pressure being put on county council? Frankly, municipalities and counties, we uh, exist at the at the whim of the province. Let's not forget that. So you don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> you better be nice about it and work to find a solution. So yes, that is a major adjustment. And so how are we going to make up that deficit? How are we going to? So we were talking, we're negotiating, we're, you know, explaining how this works for us. Um, and and is the outcome actually going to get you more houses or is it just going to get you more real estate? Is it going to get people into homes that they can afford? I don't know. These are things we have to think about. So that has been a challenge, let alone now the construction price index in the last year went up 16 percent. 16 percent. Then there's the rate of inflation, you know, six, seven percent. These were things that we can't control, but we have to factor in. So everything that was delayed, you know, buying the truck, building this, building that, has now gone up, you know, up to 20% more. So we are all faced with this municipally and at the county level. And I don't mean just locally. I mean, across this province, everybody's dealing with this. How are we going to, what are we going to change? How are we going to adapt? Personally, having been primarily raised in Northumberland, I know that we've always adapted as a, as a populace. We've had to. We were too small to really get the attention of anybody, major corporate sponsor or what, you know what I mean? We've always had to make, you know, tractors work using binder twine. So, It's an attitude that I think that we have that fight, that commitment. We are not going to go down. We're going to make it work. County's proposing a 5% increase right now in the general levy in its draft budget, plus a 2% increase in the levy for the reserves for capital projects. And if you go through that, that document, I mean, there's not a lot of wiggle room when you read it. I mean, they're they're very emphatic about, you know, we've got to keep doing this. We can't lose track of this. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, you talk about it in generalities, but can we, do we have any idea in terms of what options there are and what is seriously on the table and what is not? Well, this is why we have to have great relations, relationships with, for example, the province and the federal government. We can't do this alone. In other words, we get eight cents of every tax dollar that we raise, eight cents. The rest goes to other programs, you know, federal, provincial, whatever. So we don't have a lot of control, and yet we collect we collect the funds. We, you know, we wear it. We're the ones that get, you know, chewed out at Foodland or something. But and and I'm happy with that because I think all these things should have a face and in an interrelationship with with the public who we serve. So it does become then, for example. Last year, 2022, the county spent $10 million on health-related health care, health care issues, like paramedics, the Ontario Health Team, 
the services. Um, we we support all these things that have been downloaded over the years, right? So now we have to go and say to the province, you want this kind of response. You want this, you know, you want people living in homes longer and taking, well, you're going to have to pony up too. Somehow or other, we have to look at this whole piece of the pie and how you allocate your funds. But we are not a limitless resource on the ground here. It's you and I, Rob, you know, with our own back pockets and pulling out our wallet. That It all comes out of that same pocket. And uh, it's how they want to distribute it. You know, so you cut, you cut education provincially. And I'm told, you know, they've got a two billion or whatever. They're in two billion to the good because they haven't spent it on this, that, or the other thing. Well, you know what? You downloaded too. So the two billion you saved <laughs> is, is fundamentally being reallocated in various ways across this province to the lower tiers, to the lower tiers. So we have to look at new ways of doing things. We just do. Should we be responsible? Should we be responsible for policing? Should we be responsible for the fire? Should we be responsible, you know, entirely? Social services is another item for the, the county. And with the threat of a recession and an inflationary economy, the demand for social services could rise. How is county council going to respond in 2023 to these pressures? Well, we already are planning and so on. There are all kinds of programs, you know, I mean, uh, health related support systems programs, um, finding shelters, finding homes, assisting with training. Um, we, we did a lot of work at the county level last year, assisting in the last term assisting small businesses, you know, through the Business Entrepreneur Center, coordinating that with other agencies, making sure that people were getting a leg up uh, if they were a small business or tourism or whatever. That's one example. The social services programs, they're pretty good now. They're pretty good now in terms of what's available. And, and is there a growing demand? I personally worry. I personally worry. Um, about about the economic crunch coming with the rising interest rates and the mortgage, the mortgages that people may have found themselves locked into. Of course, I worry about that. But I guess but, the question but, is, is though, is is about the the finances. I mean, when you look at the budget, there's not really big increases, and I'm I'm just wondering strategically. I mean. Uh, many people may, may be aware of the what this, the county does for us in terms of social services, but is there going to be enough resources? I guess that's my question. Is there enough resources going to be available so that if what you're concerned about, and, and I think a lot of people are concerned about, we get into this crunch that when the need rises, the county will be there? Yes. I say yes, because they have been planning. They have been strategically planning and adapting knowing that the, the demand is going to come from over here, that there, there, there are other ramifications, other um, age brackets, or, you know, it's not just, it's not just a senior citizen. It's a single mother, you know, it's a, it, it's a young couple, whatever, but the programs are factoring in all those people and being very strategic. So yes, is it going to be easy? 
not necessarily. We might have to cut something else. There's a big push on now, for example, the early years uh, childcare service uh, across this county, which is, you know, quietly, quietly sort of always seems to fall below the radar, but is an, an, an immense service. You know, 6,000 people are, are being served. So yeah, the other thing that happens, and I think this is where the Ontario health team approach to things has started. It's, it's working with other agencies that may have their niche and we can make, we can make the bucks go further if we pool um, the, the effort or understand each other's role and then better deliver. Don't duplicate, do not duplicate, serve, you know, serve the need, not the organization. Affordable housing is at the top of many people's minds, and certainly it's also high on many politicians' lists of priorities. So I'd like to talk a little bit about homelessness. Now, the county, through provincial funding, is supporting emergency measures through Transition House. It's also supporting a warming room this winter. And at the same time, we are seeing numerous local initiatives. There's the sleeping cabin proposal for Coburg Council. There's another local business in Port Hope trying to provide support. And there are, you know, there was the temporary warming room that uh, came up uh, back in December, uh, you know, people stepping forward. And in fact, I just saw on Facebook the other day, uh, Mandy, that uh, somebody said, you know, oh, I know somebody who's unsheltered. I need clothing. I need food. And there was just boom, uh, this outpouring of support. So there seems to, it seems to be high on people's minds. But is there another side to this? And that is, has the public lost faith in the county to deal sufficiently with homeless issues because there's all these other initiatives coming up? Is is the county really meeting the demand that people want to see or not, I guess is my question. I think the county is meeting the demand and the solid base. What we are providing is actual housing solutions, you know, taking it further there are all the other adjuncts to being quote homeless you know there's the medical there's the metal mental all these other support services so that you're not just putting people in an ice hut you know on a parking lot for six months and then telling them to move on our solution and yes you may need that in the overnight heaven knows in crammy township we housed you know 540 people at one point over christmas that we didn't expect with nothing but you do those things on the emergency level, but that isn't solving the overall solution. This is what we need to do. So we can't do it alone. The taxpayer, the taxpayer can't do it alone as, a, as the responsibility. What you're illustrating and that outpouring for the support is what happens as it happened in Crammy over Christmas with, the, with all the volunteers. We know that, that the community can contribute in these ways to meet some of the gaps, whatever, and 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 by collaborating. But for everybody to sit around and point fingers at one another and say, you know, it's you, it's you, it's you. No, it's, it's what everybody can bring to the table in collaboration. And there have to be new ways of thinking about things. There have to be new approaches. How do we make it work? That's the trick. For example, let's take the sleeping cabin uh, mm. proposal. 
it, it, do you see that as something that the county should be involved with or the cab, the county should be supporting as an alternative? Or how do, how do you see the county responding to those kinds of initiatives, which are grassroots and, and, and are getting, obviously, a level of support? They're raising funds, et cetera. There, there they are. They're, that's their adjunct. That's their, their, they're out there doing their own fundraising, et cetera. And that's what I think they should, they should also have boards. You know, they should, they should have boards of directors and so on. It's, it's, this isn't the age of Judy Garland and, you know, Mickey Rooney. You don't go to the barn and put on a show. We've got to make this work. Um, and I think the initiatives are wonderful. And I always say this too. Ideas are 5%, 5% of anything. It's it's the execution of the idea that's 95% of your grunt work. And that's hard sometimes. But it's the 95% that is what will make the idea, the 5%, actually work. And so that takes homework. Do I think, for example, temporary shelters? I don't think that's our mandate. It may be in an emergency situation, you know, as per the storms and so on. But our job as, as representatives of our municipalities and the county and the taxpayers is not to be providing temporary shelter. I don't, that's per, my personal opinion. I can support and assistance, but the mandate to suddenly say then, you know, here, you take this over. No, because we haven't we haven't built in all the factors that we have to answer for. We're legislated. We are so legislated by what we can do and, and mandate. And I think people forget that. And I and I love the fact that they think we can do everything. That's that's actually kind of, you know, gratifying. That's stroke the ego. But it it's <laughs> there just isn't enough. There aren't enough egos in the world at the county level or or representatives or taxpayer dollars. So we have to think in, you know, collaboratively and work together. How do we address the issue of homelessness then? I know the county has the emergency shelter. You move at the pace that you can with the funding that you've got. But meanwhile, there are people that are sleeping unsheltered and it's friggin' cold out and, you know, we have the storms and how do we tackle this so that we actually getting people into into some safe situation and we're, we're not going to end up with, you know, a dead body or, or somebody suffering un, unfairly? Well, I think we have we, we do work, you know, we come to the table together the various groups that come there there are eight other agencies very directly involved and we are there at the table too um so across this county at this point in december as of december there were 79 officially registered homeless people so we are all aware because they have they have been identified through the agencies and i and it may be one off or Two agencies are aware of the same person, whatever. But this is what we're aware of. And so we we start matching resources and consultations and, you know, whether it's support, you know, mentally or financially or medically, we start matching. Um, the homelessness situation in Northumberland County, by the way, 
of course, is dominated media-wise, the focus is Port Hope and Coburg. You know, there's there's a whole other part of the county out here, folks. And uh, we pay the bills too, and we contribute, and we have our issues, we have our our population too, and we don't want anyone dying. We don't want anyone dying. We want them supported. Everybody in this county belongs to this county, and that's what we have to be to take care of, and that's what we do. That's what we try to do. What do you think is going to happen with high speed internet over twenty twenty three? I think that that's just booming along. We hit some, um, again, it's, it's the fiber is, is being laid all over this County. Um, an amazing project, actually. Um, I often get calls from people who may be out way off in the backwoods there. And they say, why is that truck drilling? And, and it's, it's fiber, fiber coming fiber not not just you know transmission towers these are fiber it it coming to northumberland county terrific initiative that North, northumberland county has really led the way in terms of the the private public collaboration on this project so we're we're optimistic we're optimistic that things are going to connect um uh, probably by if not the end end of 23, then the beginning of 24, for sure. What are your next steps as warden? What are, where do you look, what's on your agenda for the next couple of months? I, I'd like to get some sleep. Hmm. That may be, yeah, I'd like to get some sleep. So get the, uh, get the, get the budget approved, you know, this month. Uh, I'm also, as a warden, I sit on the Eastern Ontario Wardens Caucus, which is 13 county wardens. And um, there are projects there to be taken up. It's going to be, it's going to be quite busy. We have oh, lots of projects. Rob, really, you should ask that in two months time, because really right now I'm just trying to get through January. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Mandy Martin, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. It is, Rob, as I say, a pleasure. That was former warden Mandy Martin. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. 
That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.